State of the Nation is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts. And because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. The Raiders got punched in the mouth by the Jets. There's no denying that. But you don't need to get punched in the mouth the next time you buy tickets. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in Google Play or the App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin and Ted Nguyen back in the Bay Area. Vic Tafer in New York. And uh, what the bleep did we just watch? <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh... That was some old school right there, Raiders, from the last uh, last decade. So we saw some really bad uh, trips back east, and we saw one today. Yeah, it was a rough one for sure. Um, so, I mean, this was a game where they came out, the offense looked like it was moving the ball, and Derek Carr made a couple impressive third-down conversions on that drive, but then the drop passes started happening, and they, they're just not good enough to overcome those kind of mistakes. I mean, Vic, you wrote it that this this wasn't a trap game because you know you, you don't see those coming. I mean, this this game. I mean, everyone kind of knew what what was going on here. This was a a team that in the Jets that wasn't very good, but has been playing better. Um, you've got the big showdown upcoming with the Chiefs. If you win this, you get back tied for first place, and and you set up just a, a huge showdown at Arrowhead. Um, I mean, is is there any way to explain how how bad they they came out and played in this one? No, I just think you know we mentioned uh, you know the Raiders. Obviously, their identity is their smash mouth team. They want to run the ball. That's what they've based their offense on. And the Jets have the number one run defense in the league, and that was going to be the key matchup. And they couldn't run the ball. I think to his credit, uh, Derek made some throws, but like you mentioned, the drops uh, just kind of killed the momentum early on, and then. Things kind of snowballed. They just um, you know, defensively, a lot of missed tackles, uh, a lot of bad coverage. Uh, Sam Darnold uh, played really well. He made some big throws. And I think I was impressed with when the Raiders did get pressure, he threw the ball away at, at times, which were really key. So I just thought um, they, they didn't run for a lot of yards. I think they just only had like 85, 88 yards running. But, uh, you know, they made enough plays and offense to keep the chains moving. And uh, they took control of the game. And they, they controlled the game uh, pretty much from the second quarter on. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into some of the more of the, the details of the game in a little bit, but just mood of the team afterwards. I mean, uh, you could tell that that Gruden, you know, obviously disappointed. He he's go he's using that frame that refrain like after he's been saying it after wins, saying it now after losses that we're a developing team, and I think that's what he keeps wanting to emphasize. You know, even when they win, and especially when they lose, that this team is not a finished product, and and a game like this proves it. Um, Derek Carr seemed a little feisty after the game. I, I know he it, at the end of his press conference kind of kind of sniped at somebody for you know making it making it sound like he had gotten benched in this game. Would really, I mean, they were taking the guy out because they're getting their asses kicked and they just want to make sure that. He's, yeah, it was uh, just uh, 
was a self-preservation. They took him out so he wouldn't get killed. And I thought, I thought that was, I'm not sure if Raider fans are upset about that, but I thought it made sense. I mean, at that point, only if, only things are going to happen are worse. I mean, just gonna, he's going to get you know blasted by Jamal Adams and hurt for a while, or take him out of the game and you kind of move on till next week. Yeah, I kind of thought before they took him out, I kind of thought it, it might be a good idea to take him out and take some of those offensive linemen that are still healing up because it, it, they just don't look right, especially Rodney Hudson. I mean, he got pushed into the backfield a couple of times. You just don't see that happen to him. So, um, you know, at, at that point when you're, you're down that many points, I, I thought it might have been a good idea to take out some of the linemen too. Did they take out a couple of linemen with, with Carr or did they only take out Carr at that point? It's a good question. To be honest with you, I didn't really look at the – I think they all played the whole game, but I'm not positive. But um, I do know that you mentioned Rodney and, and Gabe Jackson also are probably playing at 80% when they were you know, they were hurt a few weeks back. They, they came back, but not quite right. But, again, today I think it would have been tough because the Jets, they do uh, stop the run pretty well. So I think next week the matchup is a lot better as far as that part goes. Obviously the Chiefs are a very tough team, but you can't run the ball against the Chiefs. So that's what's going to have to happen if they want to win that game next week. Yeah, I mean, right before, uh, right after, you know, the the final possession that Carr played, I mean, I, I tweeted that, yeah, it, it seemed like it was about time to wave the white white flag and get Carr and some of those other guys out of there. Um, you know, but it, it's funny how some of this stuff works. You know, I'm watching the uh, the afternoon game on Fox, and you know, every time the, the Raiders comes up on the ticker, Carr benched in third quarter. That um, So I, I, I don't know how... I, apparently that's how some are perceiving this. This was a benching, but I mean that's that's what you do. You take you know this felt a lot like you know the the Thursday night game against the 49ers last year where everything just went terribly wrong, and and that was a game where they they pulled him, put in Asia McCarron. I mean it it doesn't you know not to say that that Carr was great or anything, but I mean this wasn't a game where he was so awful that you were benching him because you thought. Mike Glennon was going to do anything to lead you back because as we saw when Glennon came in, he was just awful. I mean, he couldn't even uh, catch a, a shotgun snap. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to come into this game when you know you haven't played in a while and, and it's uh, it's wet and the ball's wet and the Jets are uh, you know they're coming after you. But um, yeah, I think I guess you can call it a benching. I mean, that's what he did. You know, stop playing, but it certainly was for just health reasons. And I think there's no nothing behind it beyond that. So I, I mean. I thought it was a good move, really. I mean, I know it was early. People say maybe it was too early to do it in the third quarter, but, I mean, there was no mystery what was happening. I mean, the only, it only gets worse if you leave him in there. I don't see what the benefit of, a, of him staying in there was going to be. And I think a lot of fans are, or, you know, some of the social media reactions is that this is Carr's fault, but I really didn't think Carr played that bad. I mean, you know, some of the throws he was making early in the game were just really nice. He just They just weren't catching it. And it, you know, when that happens, I don't know if there's too many quarterbacks that can overcome that many drops. Um, obviously, that interception was bad, but that was kind of a tipped pass, too. Uh, but but I don't really blame Carr for what happened. I mean, I thought it was just an overall team effort that led to this, uh, to everything snowballing. Yeah, I think there's like what, four or five drops. And the one that was, uh, again, it's the score got a hand, so you don't know if it was a turning point or how, how much it killed him. But the one where uh, – I think it was third and 13, and he threw a great pass. Like, it's a perfect strike to Tyrell Williams across the middle for 25 yards and with space to run in front of him, and Tyrell just dropped it. That was a huge play as far as killing their offensive momentum early, and that was a, would have been a huge play for Derek Stats, but that's not there. Renfro had another drop early on, and there's some, you know, they just were never in sync. I think, I mean, you, you hate to say that you know, a wet ball and wet conditions can really affect the team that much, but it definitely did. It definitely, I don't know if they weren't ready for it or they were surprised by it, but, I mean, 
it played a factor. I mean, it, you know, that, that was a big deal. The Jets were comfortable, and the Raiders weren't. Yeah, you look at the first two drives of the game. Um, first drive of the game, they get to third and eight at the Jets' 29, and Carr throws a pass to Renfro that, uh, you know, there was some coverage there, but it was it was a straight drop. I mean, it was it was catchable. It would have been a first down. Um, they have to settle for a 48-yard field goal instead of having a chance to, uh, to open the game up with a touchdown. And, and then on the Jets' opening drive, you know, this, just to tell you how things change so quickly, I mean, Early on, we're like, wow, is this going to be the Raiders' day? I mean, the Jets uh, uh, were on a streak here entering today where they had uh, four straight games where they had scored um, opening drive touchdowns, and it looked like they were they were moving down uh, really easily. It looked like they were going to score a touchdown. It looked like they had scored a touchdown to uh, uh, Darnold with an eight-yard pass to, to Thomas. And uh, as, as it, you know, for Vic was there, you know, kind of knew a little bit more what was going on. As we're watching on TV, they just kind of mention as we go in, into uh into the timeout that oh are they, are they looking at this and um, we're kind of having to follow along on twitter that they're they're reviewing it and they uh, i didn't even know this was something that can happen but um on a scoring play i guess they can go and um without gruden even having to challenge they can go and review a potential offensive pass interference and they found the pick play uh took the touchdown away the raiders ended up getting the defensive stop held them to a field goal and uh it it, it was a moment when, like, oh, my God, you know, I know, Vic, you tweeted, and we all were thinking, wow, Raider fans can't complain about the refs today. I thought it was a gift call. I mean, I know uh, Compton uh, got his hands out there. That's why I thought it wasn't really a true pick play because Compton kind of pushed him off. So it wasn't like he got he, he was helpless. So, I man, you're right. They can review the calls after every score, and then they found that. But I'd, if I were a Jets fan, that would be kind of a ridiculous call. But, you know, whatever, it didn't really matter. I think they had a makeup call later on with the uh, – the Moe Hurst um, roughing the passer, which is a terrible call. So I think they evened it out right there. And so the, I think the calls were even, and, you know, what happened, happened. Yeah, I mean, that, that Hurst call, um, I mean, obviously hurt. I mean, again, the, the way the game flow ends up happening, you can't go, you're not going to go back and, and say that's what cost him. But um, that was one where it actually looked like, I mean, he, yeah, he, I guess he kind of falls, really he falls on top of Crosby and then he kind of falls on top of Darnold, but um, looked like he got pushed from behind in, in the replay I saw that that kind of threw his body weight there. But um, I don't know, the refs really don't know what the hell they're doing on some of these. That was another example. And it, the, the worst part about that is that it cost Crosby a sack. He doesn't get credit for the sack anymore on that. Otherwise he would have uh, moved up to eight and a half, which I'm not sure if Josh Allen had any sacks today, but that would would have at least uh, pending the Sunday night game with Bosa uh, would put him in the uh, would have put him in the rookie lead. But I think the argument too is that he Sam Darwin might have been outside the pocket and he might have counted as a runner at that point too. Um, but I mean another concern is just that the Raiders don't have another consistent pass rusher outside of Max Crosby. So when teams are focusing on Crosby, there's really nobody else that could provide a consistent rush even against the Jets and their their tackles who are pretty bad. So, uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to do in Kansas City to try to rush Patrick Mahomes if they try to take away Crosby. But somebody's going to have to step up because nobody did today. And, and that was a big problem. And, and when they did, Darnold did a good job of maneuvering the pocket and making plays. Yeah, I mean, they, they had some nice moments the last three, the, you know, three and a homestand. But this pass defense is still not good. I mean, they obviously get way too many yards. I think they were third in the league and passing touchdowns allowed. So definitely some issues in terms of coverage. And today, I thought the guys were kind of confused. And we're looking, I mean, I'm not sure everybody knew what the other guy was doing. It's just, uh, and John used the excuse that we have a lot of new guys. But, you know, those guys were new two weeks ago. And it definitely, they get a lot of credit for coming in and did a good job of, um, of, Mixing guys in, but today I'm, I, you saw the downside where some guys weren't really sure what the other guy was doing, 
and they had guys wide open. And then there are a lot of guys open today. So and when they caught the ball, there's also they had trouble tackling them as well. So just a defense did not play well. I mean, the Jets pretty much uh, stopped trying. You know, mid third quarters so that could have been a lot worse. But um, whatever, it just kind of. Uh, you got to put it away, and it's a week-to-week league, so you got to move on, and you hope for a better matchup as far as uh, what their strengths are in the next week. Yeah, you know, to Ted's point about you know nobody really outside of Crosby, you know, we had seen progress the last few weeks out of Cleveland Furl. He had been playing well. I think today was another day where um, I, I think the broadcast, maybe third quarter, fourth quarter, all of a sudden just kind of said, hey, you know, uh, we forgot about this, uh, you know, number four overall pick. We haven't talked about him today. Uh, it, it, w- it was a pretty quiet day for him. Um, obviously, statistically, we don't pay that much attention to that, but just in terms of impact and him uh, getting pressure, it, it wasn't, it didn't seem like a day where we uh, saw a whole lot out of him. No, he's invisible. I thought both he and also the the third pick. I thought Quinn Williams was also invisible today. So I forgot about I mean, him. Yeah, exactly. So another guy really made a player. It was really um, you didn't see him. Like you saw Max Crosby at times. I even saw Josh Morrow at times. And uh, Hankins made some plays for you know he got hurt a little bit, but I think he'll be fine. But yeah, I just I mean there we've talked about this all year long. There's not playmakers in that defense. I mean yeah, the Jets have more playmakers than the Raiders do on defense. You saw that today. Big picture. What what is this? Uh... What does this mean? I mean, do, do the Raiders still have enough? Uh, I mean, the schedule is still not terrible. Um, obviously, Kansas City is is very, very tough. And we're going to get into that game a little bit on this podcast just because uh, we won't have a regularly recorded scheduled show this week. Uh, we have a, a special edition podcast that will drop in the middle of the week, but we won't do our regular uh, midweek edition. Uh, so we will get in briefly and into the Chiefs game. But uh, can the Raiders... It, do you guys still see them having a chance to get back in this mix and uh, and having a run of the playoffs? Uh, do they have to beat Kansas City to be a real playoff threat? Definitely going to help their chances. I mean, a lot, a lot of teams won today, so no, there's a lot more teams now at six and five, and and, and the, even the Jets are in the picture. Jets are four and seven. They got the uh, like the Bengals and Dolphins coming up, so it's definitely it's a huge crowd, you know, in the AFC. I think today's loss definitely hurts them a lot. Uh, you know, can they go in to KC and win? And they haven't done that with Derek Carr before, and I know. Like now, what is he, 2-9 and nine in cold-weather games? So it's definitely not his forte. But, again, I think they, they can run the ball, and the Chiefs have shown they can be run against. So that would be the one big reason for hope. They can't play as bad as they were today, so they'll definitely have a little bounce back there. So they got a shot. I think, I mean, you know, they're, they're a young team. They're kind of up and down. I think they weren't as good as, you know, people thought they were after this 3-0 homestand. They're not as bad as they are people today, I'm sure, overreacting on social media. But, you know, I think – I think Gruden's right. They're, they're a developing team. They may have overachieved a little bit so far, but um, you know, I think they'll bounce back to, to what end. I'm not sure, but I think they'll definitely show better than they did today. Yeah, I agree. I think that this game kind of reminded everybody that the Raiders are, yeah, like, like what Gruden said, they're still developing. Uh, and it's tough for them to, to come back and really try to score a bunch of points in a row when they're down because they just don't have outside weapons. And if they can't get the run game going, then it, it's, it's, it's going to be tough on them. And um, as we talked about defensively, they don't have a lot of playmakers. So they, they need things to go right for them to, to win games. They, they can't overcome a lot of self-inflicted mistakes. Um, so it's, and today that, and that they kind of proved it even against a, a bad Jets team. Uh, but I, I do think that uh, they'll, they'll play better, like you mentioned, uh, but it's just a reminder of, of where this team is. And um, But, they, I mean, they're still, you know, they still played played well in the last few games. You can't take, take that away from them. But 
Uh, they're just not quite there yet. I think, we, I think we saw offensively, too. I think the receivers, I think we talked about that position all year long, whereas you kind of take away Darren Waller. And then Tyrell Williams, you had a rough, rough day. I mean, he had a couple drops. And, just, you know, I just don't know if he's that guy who can really make big plays when, when, it, when it matters. And the other guys, Zay Jones didn't do much. I mean, Trevor Davis is kind of just a, uh, not really a weapon at this point. I mean, uh, Renfro is kind of very limited for what he can do as far as, you know, when you're down big. So I just don't know if there's the weapons there to come back when you're down you know, a couple scores in a game. I mean, this game highlights, honestly, how impressive it was that they had gotten to this point. You know, the fact that they were, you know, by a lot of the metrics, you know, ranked as one of the better offenses in the league. When, I mean, it's it's still, I mean, you look at who are the receiving weapons that you can game in, game out, rely on and say that guy is going to be is going to be there, you know, on third down. He's going to be there on first down. He's going to be in there in the red zone. I mean, Tyrell Williams has had some nice moments. He's not a guy that has really dominated a game from start to finish yet. Um, Darren Waller is is their best, you know, receiving weapon. But still, a, with teams put a lot of focus on him, there's just not enough other weapons to to, to prevent teams from focusing on him too much. Um, the fact that they had gotten to this point with a roster that still needs a lot of improvement um, is pretty impressive. It's it's why you credit what, you know, what John Gruden's done, what Derek Carr's done this year, what Josh Jacobs has done. Um, but it's, it's hard to see how this team is going to be able to be good enough on both sides of the ball to really make a, a serious run over the next five games. But um, they've at least given themselves a shot to be in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, teams watch what you do on film, and obviously they had a lot of success early on with the tight ends, the three tight end stats and two tight end stats. But I think teams have watched that and they're slowing those guys down now. We mentioned, you know, that Darren Waller's having a tougher time now, more bracketed coverages. So I just think that things they use early on in the season, which may have caught teams off guard, Alex Ingold today was stopping fourth and one. So I think things that they, they you know, they use early on, teams are not catching on. There's not a lot else there to, to really, like, you know, to, to go back to. It's not really a lot of, uh, you know, big play guys. I mean, Jalen Richard was a leading receiver today. And Jalen Richard's not supposed to be a leading receiver if you want to win football games, you know. So I just think, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I think, like we said, their team was not as good as what people thought it was, but also not as bad as it was today. Yeah, I want to see them take a little, some more play-action shots early in the game, too, because the Jets came out and they really – um, you know, obviously they, they were going to stack the box and bring their, Jamal Adams close to the, the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I thought they could have been a little more aggressive to loosen things up. And maybe it's because um, it was raining and they, they didn't want to be take that many chances early in the game. Uh, but, you know, obviously defenses are going to really try to load up against the, the Raiders offense now. I, I think it could benefit them to take some shots early to, uh, to try to loosen up the box a little bit. I was just going to say, but you know, they said this before, like – they have to be able to run the ball, even if teams know that they're going to run the ball. That's been their, their big motto all year long. We're still going to run the ball and run down your throat. So if they can't do that, then they're going to be in trouble. And if they can't run the ball and teams know they're going to run the ball, then it's going to be a rough last month. Because like today, I, mean, I think you just stack the box and say, okay, go from you know, do do what you got to do. Man. This is what we're going to do against you guys. So we'll see. You know, Vic, you mentioned Ingold being stuffed on that fourth down. Obviously, we had talked to him this week. and We know, jinxed him. Per- perfect seven fault. for seven, yeah. Um, we freaking jinxed him. They got too cute, I thought, on that. But. Yeah, I thought it was a terrible play call. I mean, uh, every other time you've given it to Ingold on, on those short yard situations, I mean, I, th- I'm, I haven't gone back and watched every other play, but I'm pretty certain 
there's always been Jacobs back there with him. And and to motion him out and have Ingold as the one guy in the backfield and then run him to the other the, the opposite side of the play. I mean, it was all, we all kind of figured watching that play that they're probably going to give it to Ingold. And then he set up that motion. And he had two guys motioning at once where Derek Carr had to bark out and say, hey, okay, now you stop. We have to set. Because he had a reset of two guys motion at once. I mean, it was just, it was such an obvious play. Uh, Ingold still came pretty close to getting it because he, he's a good short yardage guy. But um, like Ted said, too cute. I just, I thought it was a bad play call. I didn't mind them going for it. I thought it was an opportunity where, you know, they had just given up the, the touchdown on the Jets' first drive of the second half. They could still theoretically get back in the game down 20 to 3, but uh, they don't get that. They give up a quick touchdown and then the pick six, and all of a sudden it's at 34 3. Yeah, I think it was too cute. I think the reason was because the previous play they went, uh, they have a third and two, and they did the same kind of big power formation. They ran Jacobs behind and goal and they got it one yard. So I think they had the same way on fourth down. They probably were afraid they weren't going to get it, so they tried to do a little you know, sleight of hand and catch the Jets off guard, but the Jets, you know, weren't biting and they kind of figured, again, they've watched film. They knew Ingold has been perfect. They figured, you know, they'll probably go to him again. So I just think things you've been doing all year long, they kind of uh, you can't keep doing them because teams know what's coming. Yeah, so I mean, it's up to Gruden to build counters into the offense to um, take, you know, to counter what defense are doing to take away their bread and butter. And that's kind of the next step this offense has to take. So next time, fourth and one, they're going deep to Tyrell Williams. So they take do that. <laughs> Uh, you know, Gruden challenged the spot on the Ingold uh, run. It was upheld, and I, I think rightfully upheld. But there was some question. I mean, again, we're nitpicking plays in what ended up being a blowout. But um, I know that on the broadcast, they were they were surprised that he hadn't challenged it. It looked like he might have had a better shot at getting uh, the first down on the Jacobs run. That actually looked closer to being a first down uh, than Ingold. But um, at the end of the day... It, you know, whatever, but but Gruden did at least win his first challenge of the season. He finally uh, finally got one uh, when uh, one of the Jets' catches was uh, overturned and, and ruled incomplete. Did, like, do finally. you guys think that was worth a challenge? Because, I mean, they ended up uh, losing the second challenge, and then they ran out of challenges. Not that it mattered, but, like, it's just Gruden's challenges. It's just this is, They've been a disaster this season, and uh, it's probably going to cost him again if it doesn't get fixed or cleaned up. Well, that last one, though, I mean, you gave him the ball on the third and yard line, so you pretty much know that it's over. So you might as well hope for a miracle replay. I mean, I, I, that one I had no problem with because I think that at that point you went for it fourth down, you didn't make it, and you're, you're screwed. So, I mean, like, you know what? I'm going to put this in my pocket and, and go on with it. No, I'll use my last challenge, and odds are we're not going to get it, but at least we'll take a shot because otherwise we're done. I mean, and they were done, so I'm not sure what saving a timeout would have done there. I'm I'm more critical of the the first challenge just because I didn't think it the was one that he more, got. Yeah, you're you're ripping <laughs> for finally getting the challenge right. <laughs> I feel it was like a four yard completion, and they got a first down on the uh, on third down. Anyways, you know, I, I just didn't think yeah, it was worth it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was, well, it was a five yard completion that instead of it being uh, third and two, it set up third and seven, which in theory, you know, third and seven is a pretty good down. Um, you know, you're you're down by seven at that point. I mean, it, it since it was so clear. I mean, when I think the way these coaches usually view it is, if it's pretty clear, if you know you're going to win, um, you go ahead and challenge it. So I mean, I I don't have a problem with it. I mean, he finally won one. Uh, I'll I'll give him uh, I'll give him that one. I I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, but it you know again we're we're talking about small minor things and what ended up being a blowout. And I think. And, 
none of these little in, little factors would have changed the fact that the Raiders were losing today. No, it's just a it's just a bad spot. I just think they yeah, they did some good things they wrote earlier in the year, but this one coming you know cross country cold weather against a team that is kind of. Uh, it matches up you know, well with you. I mean, as far as their strengths versus your strengths, I think that's just a tough, a tough spot. I just think that um, you need something to really emerge and kind of do more than they normally do to have a chance. And that didn't happen. Actually, the defense was worse, and they couldn't run the ball, and no one on the receiving end made any big plays. So, you need big plays to win or even stay in these kind of games, and they didn't have those today. Vic, you get any apologies yet from Raider Nation? They were also mad that you uh, you picked nah, the Raiders to lose. Nah, they don't have to. don't have to apologize. I mean, <laughs> they they, they right. had I to mean, watch uh, this game. That was that was punishment. Exactly. Enough. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I just had a really good. I had a you know, bad feeling. I guess is the right word. But just um, I've seen these kind of games too often in my in my time here. Just. Uh, I think the players afterwards, like Josh Jacobs said, he wasn't shocked. He said, "You know what? He kind of maybe this is good for us." I think a lot of players weren't too shocked by. It. I think they kind of. They kind of had a feeling in the back of their minds that this may be coming. Cause I just think that, um, you know, again, if, if you can't, if they can't run the ball, they know they, they're going to have trouble. And I think there was some doubt about a running the ball and b stopping the Jets, you know, passing attack. And both those things came true. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely kind of running into the, the perfect storm of things that could hurt the Raiders. And that's probably you know one of the reasons you made your prediction and it came true. But I don't, I don't think I don't think you predicted it'd be like thirty-four three though. Can I do that though? Can I really do that in print and, 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 and still be alive? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Walk, walk into that locker room afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did as much as I could do. I couldn't push it more than I thought it might be close. But again, I just thought it was a bad matchup. I think. Um, and again, I think part of it is like, well, they'll probably mention this all week is they are a very young team. They've been talking about all these rookies have been done so well. So now these rookies are on the road and it's raining, the ball's wet, and they're not used to that kind of environment. I just think they kind of got down behind the eight ball early and he had like Renfro didn't play very well. Trayvon Mullen had a really rough game. So rookies who had been mentioned furl was invisible. So rookies who have been playing better, you really struggle today. And if if their rookies struggle, they're not gonna do well because that's a huge, you know, part of their team right now. So I just think that's kind of a kind of a growing pains kind of deal. All right. Well, let's do our brief look ahead uh, again. We're going to take uh, take Thanksgiving week off in terms of recording a midweek podcast. We will have a special edition, uh, our, our all-decade Raiders podcast that we recorded last week that you guys will get to listen to in the middle of this week. So uh, we will look briefly ahead to that game in Kansas City and um, the Chiefs coming off of a bye. Andy Reid off of a bye is pretty much unbeatable and I think I heard seventeen and three. That's what I heard. I believe is it. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what what he is off of a buy. I mean, and any sense that this is uh, that this is a a game that the Raiders can find a way to bounce back and actually go and win. I mean, Derek Carr's numbers all time in, in Arrowhead without having him in front of us. We we haven't dove all the way into that game yet. Um, but we know they're not good. Um. I, it's hard to feel good about this game uh, next Sunday, next Sunday. Yeah, I think the only reason to have hope, as I mentioned, that they, uh, the Chiefs, have definitely been run on this year, and the Raiders, when they're playing well and they're moving the chains, they can be dangerous. So I, I think someone mentioned uh, in the press box that the the points had opened like a six and a half, and sort of been but after like nine already. So people are dumping on the Chiefs. I think the Raiders will keep it close. I think it'll be a close game. Um, I don't know if I can pick them to win outright because, of, like you mentioned, I just haven't seen Derek Carr. Um, play that well in, in, in A and in, in KC and B, just in cold games in general. So I don't know. I think you need Derek to make some big plays in that game if you want to actually win. So I think if the Chiefs take away Darren Waller, then you're going to have trouble again. So I just um, 
I can't pick him to win, but I do, I do think it'll be close. Yeah, I think I think it'll be close too. Um, but we've seen the Chiefs like really, really struggle to stop the run. So that that's the hope that they do have if they could uh, run the ball with Josh Jacobs and and uh, use play action and uh, just beat up that front and control the clock and keep the ball away from uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. They have, they have that's their only chance in this game. So. Um, obviously, you know, like you said, Vegas, they're going to, everybody's going to be bent Chiefs heavy, but um, I, I think the Raiders have a chance in this game, but uh, it's going to come down to Derek Carr overcoming you know, his troubles at, in Arrowhead, because if it's a close game, he's going to have to perform in crunch time. Uh, so it's for the, the Raiders are going to have to overcome a lot of things that they, they've struggled with in the past uh, to beat the Chiefs, but it's going to be extremely essential that they do if they, they want to get back in the playoff race. All right, so the uh, the forecast guys uh, got it pulled up here for Sunday in Kansas City. It is uh, not looking good. Uh, Thirty nine degrees high, low of twenty five with morning uh, a mit a mix of rain and snow in the in the morning, which is uh, that's that's always even worse than just if it's going to snow. If it's uh, I know I've talked to like quarterbacks and they'd rather have it snow than have that like wintry mix where it's because you know snow is at least a little bit drier than uh than that when you get that rain a really cold rain with a little kind of bit of snow mixed in i just i i don't know i i I don't know that i see the Raiders even keeping it close i'm not gonna say it's gonna be another 34 to 3 game but i i think the chiefs by by at least a touchdown probably uh probably gonna take this one that's definitely a danger. I mean, definitely with this past defense, you saw you know, the warts again today, and Mahomes, we saw him already this year, and we had four touchdown passes in that one quarter. So, I mean, that definitely the danger is there for another blowout loss, and and this thing could really uh, tumble downhill. But um, again, I, have, I think I have uh, some faith in that they're going to bounce back a little bit, and I think I think it'll be a close game. All right, guys, what's uh, what's what's on the docket for Thanksgiving for you guys? What's uh, what's your favorite part of Thanksgiving? You guys got a favorite uh, Thanksgiving uh, meal, side dish? What uh, what what are you guys looking forward to on Thursday? Uh, I like the sweet potatoes with the uh, like the, the, the casserole dish. It's kind of baked with the uh, marshmallows and uh, walnuts on top. I think that's pretty good. And uh, and then watching football at some point when you when you're all done, you're doing your damage, and you kind of uh, collapse to the sofa and you watch uh, watch some football. That's what I look forward to. Also, the whole family thing, yeah, you know, wife and kids. <laughs> right. you know, thankful yeah. for them, yada 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 yada. But more so, the yams, turkey, and the and the football. Yeah, my my family is skipping the turkey this year, and they're doing uh, lobster and steak, like surf and turf Thanksgiving. Wow, so, wow. yeah, that should be where's our invitation? <laughs> hey, come over. I'm in. Uh, I'm in Hayward. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that should be fun, and just seeing all the uh, you know little nieces and little cousins. That what what, spark, what sparked the change? Why'd you guys? Why, why the big change? I don't, I don't know. My aunt's just feeling uh, she's feeling festive this year, I suppose, and she she wants to, to switch it up. And uh, she's the main chef, and we're not going to you know say anything to uh, deny what she wants. So we're, we're doing surf and turf Thanksgiving. So my grandma pulled that one year, not surf and turf, but one year she just kind of told everybody, we're going to do something a little bit different. You know, we're all over at the house and kind of smells good. Like, okay, this might not be too bad. And then that dinner time comes around and she pulls out a bunch of several pots of beef stew. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I like beef stew. I do not want beef stew on Thanksgiving. Um it uh, it took me a long time after that to ever even eat beef stew again because I just 
associated that with my worst Thanksgiving ever. Like you were emotionally scarred. You couldn't I was even, uh, I was emotionally yeah. scarred from beef stew. Um, I've come to, to to come around, and you know I I'll make it again. I'll make it usually once a winter or whatever. But um, yeah, beef stew on uh, on Thanksgiving. It was. Uh, nobody has forgiven her i mean it's 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 still it's still talked about um yeah that would no, so i'm not i'm not a stickler that it always has to be turkey although i've got a i've got a turkey defrosting in the fridge right now um but yeah no beef stew that's that's for sure grandma's still in the doghouse after all these years still huh? in the doghouse for the beef stew we'll um uh, someday we'll let her out i don't know but all right guys well i think that'll wrap up this episode of state of the nation uh, i want to wish everybody a happy thanksgiving later this week uh, as we mentioned check out our special edition of state of the nation where we break down the raiders all decade team as we prepare featuring for- nick roach <laughs> featuring nick roach you teased him with you the, you the teased him with the juiciest one man that's <laughs> oh, the ju- that's the one that my we bad. wanted to sorry, have the sorry, big sorry. reveal for i apologize uh, that's right. bad All right, guys, we will talk to you. uh, You'll hear us again middle of the week, and we'll talk to you again next Sunday after the Raiders take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Hasta la vista. Happy Thanksgiving. See you guys. For more exclusive Raiders content, including player interviews, go to theathletic.com slash state of the nation for a free seven-day trial and 40% off a subscription.